everybody, Kat here. I feel like it's been a while, probably because it has. I had to take a little break um, from uploading and recording. I have been traveling and going to different um, conventions. I went to the Long Beach, California convention, um, and then I also went to the Vegas aesthetic convention. It's been so much fun, but it's I've just been so busy. Um, my books have doubled and I, I'm happy. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm feeling good about how everything is going. I just got really busy and didn't have time to make episodes for this podcast, but I am making this a priority. I have uh, recorded a couple episodes. And so today I have a really interesting one about estheticians who call themselves, um, medical in the title, who use the term medical in the title. So a medical esthetician, what is that all about? Is that a thing? Are they allowed to do that? Is that its own separate license? We're going to talk about all that today um, with my guest speaker, Acacia. She lives in Florida. She's an esthetician over there and she'll, uh, you'll learn more about her when I interview her, but um. Yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. I feel like this is a big confusion for people and for clients too. It's a little um, confusing kind of what the difference is between an esthetician or a medical esthetician. So let's dive in and just start talking about it. Well, my name is Acacia. I have been a licensed esthetician for the past 10 years. I got my license in 2013. Um, so I started out pretty young. 17, pretty much like a baby. Like my mom had to like sign the paperwork for me, like go to school and everything. So I got into it just because I didn't really know what else to do. And I had a family friend in the industry. And so it was kind of just like, I was sort of like encouraged slash pushed into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up really liking it, but I didn't really have a career trajectory and I was mostly doing nails. Like I was doing skincare, but I was also doing nails and I wasn't really loving that. So I decided to go ahead and get my degree. So I ended up getting my degree from the university of central Florida. Um, I have a degree in political science. So I did uh, quite a bit of work on various campaigns. So I did um, local like city races and then um, like city races. Um, and then eventually I got uh, placed on a campaign in a intern position for a state representative. And then two years later, when he ran for reelection, I got um, promoted, I guess, or asked to be the campaign manager. So, you know, pretty young. I was 23. It was very exciting, very fun. But I also kind of learned politics. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't in the cards for me. There's a lot that goes into politics. Wasn't quite fitting my personality, but I did learn a lot. And I think I incorporate that now with my blog now, you know, five years later, where mm-hmm. I care a lot about aesthetics. I love what I do, but I also care a lot about us as professionals. Mm-hmm. And I join these Facebook groups 
you're in them. You see what goes on. I did not realize how pervasive misclassification was, but like I had been misclassified. I don't know how many times throughout my career Mm -hmm. and I did not know that it was illegal. Nobody Mm -hmm. told me you, you don't know that they don't teach you that in school. Like you just assume that the employer is being honest with you and you like them maybe as a person. So you think, Oh, they're, they're doing what's best for you. And just like being brought to light with how bad this issue is. Mm -hmm. I really, I got tired of responding all the time to comments like every day. So I just, I was like, F this, I'm going to write a blog. And then that way I can just share the blog and I don't have to keep typing everything out. Like it literally was just an act of like laziness. (laughs) Yeah. The only bummer about, um, the, that one, well, I'll just say money-making esthetician group, which nothing against the group. It just doesn't allow you to post links, which is a little bit annoying because it's like, I don't want to explain myself every time. I just Mm want to paste the link and go read this article. Right. Well, I don't know if that always works because I've recently been pasting a link and it's been working. Okay. Or if I comment first and they go in and they edit it and add in the link, it seems to work too. Okay. I know sometimes mine will say like pending approval. So maybe you, you got like approval once and then it like, it okays the link. I don't know how that works. I just know I've tried to post in the past and it's like pending approval. And I'm like, well, fuck it. All right. I'll just delete it. (laughs) I kind of wondered if it had something to do with like her not liking me sharing my other blog because it kind of diverts people away from her site, which is totally fair, right? Like it's her group. So she wants to keep a focus on her group. So I thought maybe my account had gotten like Oh, no, it does it to to everybody. From what I can see, people are always like, why isn't my comment going through? And I'm like, did you post a link? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, that's why it's pending. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I think it's everybody because I'll try and post like a link to when people are like, what booking site do you like? And I just post the link and it doesn't go through. And I'm like, a little bit frustrating. Yeah, I'm like, can we fix that, Maria? Come on. Come, Come on, on yeah. give us that. Right. <laughs> so I started the Facebook group too, so that I can just like freely post whatever I want, but there's only like 300 people in that group too. So, but well, it'll grow. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that group called? So everyone listening can go find it. Um, Advocacy for Estheticians uh, group. Okay. Uh, I realize now that the name's very long. <laughs> that wasn't the best idea, but I feel like it's too late to change. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, like, once you start typing in advocacy, like, you know, how many groups are there going to be? I don't think there's a lot for estheticians, so. I thought that, too, but there's, like, apparently an advocacy group. Well, it's called advocacy group for Flor- Florida estheticians because, okay. like, if I search my group, it would come up as that group. And I accidentally mm-hmm. somehow linked to that group on my blog. Like, I don't know how I did that, but it, yeah. I did. And that one is like unmoderated. Like the moderator doesn't like, there's no activity on it. It's just like a, oh. like a dead group. It died. Yeah. Um, so 
and I think it's like pretty, like they just accept anyone. So there's no like regulation. People just kind of like post whatever that's not related to the topic. So, yeah. Um, anyways, it's apparently starting a blog is a lot harder than I thought it would be. I thought it would be just like, okay, you just throw out posts and like whatever happens, happens. It's like mm-hmm. a lot to building a website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, I tried a blog once. It was a long time ago and I was like, I don't have the time right now. And then I kind of, well, I kind of turned it into the podcast because I was like, if I can just speak it out, then I'll have to edit it. I send it to an editor and he like puts my words, make it make sense. And then I just post it. So it's like a, it's a audio blog. How long have you been doing the podcast? Um, it's at, at least six months. I don't really remember when I started it. I did take a break, a little break over the summer because it just got too crazy. Um, and I was having a really hard time with guests, like rescheduling or no showing. And I'm like, you know, this is also a chance for you guys to get exposure. So it was a little bit like, you know, I don't get paid to do this. So it was kind of like disrespectful, you know, where it's like, this is your time to talk about yourself too. Like a lot of, in the beginning, I was interviewing estheticians and just who they were and like, how to find them and what they do in their business. And it was really about them where Mm -hmm. I'm kind of changing it now. Like, obviously you guys, I'll still talk about you guys, but it's more um, niche per person. Like today we're just talking about um, um, like the term medical esthetician. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next time we can have you back on and talk about something else, just more centered around one topic. Um, Mm -hmm. I find that a little bit easier too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure as you like, you evolve, you'll find out, you'll like learn and grow what works, what doesn't work. And yeah, the same thing I'm doing with my blog. I feel like I'm like trying out different topics. I'm like, Oh, that one didn't take off. I guess that's (laughs) That's, uh, back to the drawing board. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a learning process. And there are people who love the interview ones, but I'm like, you can only interview an esthetician so many times before it sort of starts being the same story (laughs) that sounds horrible like everyone's unique but there's only so many ways you can cut aesthetics you know for sure for sure and um I think a lot of people have probably pretty similar trajectories most people like with the exceptions of like maybe like really famous estheticians I think yeah looks a little bit the same (laughs) yeah yep which is a pathway right like you would say these are the steps this is what someone else has done like this is a I don't want to say a proven formula because that sounds like a promise but like at least it's like a guideline that you can follow and say like this is work for other people so I should maybe like you know try to somewhat mimic it right yeah and that was kind of the idea in the beginning but after the like I don't know sixth seventh person I was like I cannot keep asking the same questions (laughs) And I'm pretty much can guarantee what the answer is. And I was like, I'm getting bored. Like that was the problem is I was getting bored and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm bored, other people are bored. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yeah. When did you come, like, when did it come to light to you that like misclassification was like an issue or that it like even existed? Like what was your like turning point? I mean, I was definitely misclassified when on my first aesthetics job, which was horrible. Um, and I kind of knew it wasn't right. I just didn't really know 
exactly what wasn't right. Um, but honestly, just seeing all the posts on Facebook and like, you know, there's, there's misclassification like I had where it was kind of discreet and you're like, eh, that's, you know, in the gray area borderline. But then there's just blatant misclassification where I'm like, and it's going to sound rude, but I'm like, how do you guys, how are you getting bamboozled like this? Like, this is clearly wrong. You're not making any money. You're paying money to be there. That makes no sense. Like, and just taking advantage of them. And it's infuriating because you're preying on people who often, right, they, I don't know how else to say this without, you know, probably a majority of them, this is their um, education beyond high school, right? And so they don't have the experience or maybe knowledge, especially since a lot of them might be really young. Like I was coming right out of high school, did the program, and then went out in the world. I had no idea. And so you're preying on a more vulnerable group in some ways, right? And they're trusting you as a salon owner to do the right thing and they're not doing it. And that is infuriating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was thinking this over before, you know, like this morning, kind of like kind of gathering my thoughts and, you know, with it being such a pervasive issue, like my, my personality and the way that I perceive the world is like, I'm not necessarily uh, like a full blown like pessimist. Like I, mm-hmm. I truly don't believe that like there's tons of employer, all these employers who are misclassifying have some sort of like evil intent. I think right. it, it has just become so pervasive that it is be, it is accepted as normal because when you look around and you see everyone else doing it, you go, well, this must be legal, right? Everyone right. else is doing it. And right. no one's really clamping down on it, which mm-hmm fuels me even more to encourage estheticians to know what their rights are because the only way I really see this turning around is if everybody gets on board with the fact that like, this isn't legal. We know it's not legal. Like we got to say no to Mm -hmm. these patients. Like they're tempting because you want to get your foot in the door. I totally understand the temptation, even if it's to your own detriment, but you're like, I can experience or whatever. It's like saying no, trying to be, you know, professional and maybe explain mm-hmm. it to the, your current employer or the person offering you the position, like, you know, trying to be as peaceful and kind, you know, kind as possible, but like still putting your foot down and standing up for yourself, which can be right. hard when you're young and you're vulnerable. Right. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have probably done it when I was whatever I was 19 and got my first job. I was just happy to have a job. Same. You know, I, (laughs) I I got like zero respect. Like what my first job, like, yeah, you know, you know anything. (laughs) Yeah. My manager called me a bitch. I was like, Oh, nice. And then they ended up getting arrested for like putting, putting cameras in the tanning booths. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, we have to have a podcast just about this drama. Oh that my I gosh. Only, I only like, found this out like two weeks ago and I'm 30 and I found the article. Someone told me about it. They're like, remember that? So-and-so used to work for. And I was like, yeah, like 
sort of, yeah, 10 years ago, more than that. And they were like, well, he got arrested and blah, blah, blah. And so I looked up all the articles and I found them and I was like, holy shit. There's probably videos of me naked. Right. Because most people, they either wear like a swimsuit or nothing, right? When they get in one. Yeah. And it was, tan- it was tanning, but then also spray tan, which I did. And like, you get naked. Oh my gosh. Did you, I know. Did you smell a little perv on him or was it like. So he was weird. I mean, but any, you know, the problem is a lot of Medi spa owners back then, right? I don't know so much now. Back then when it was even less controlled, it was more of the wild, wild west. There mm-hmm. was no advanced estheticians. There was no any of that. Like it was just a bunch of like, a lot of them were pervy dudes or pervy doctors or it was very male dominated and yeah, they took advantage of a lot of young girls who were coming out of aesthetic school. Absolutely. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But today we're talking about medical aesthetics, right? I could get off topic all day, but. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay. Medical yeah. aesthetics. Um, yeah. So I would love to know, like, do you want me to share my thoughts on medical or me, are we talking about medical esthetician or medical aesthetics? Um, kind of both. I mean, in Oregon, it kind of goes hand in hand of like the training, the use of the word, the misclassification. Um, so maybe you start, cause I can only really speak on Oregon, you know, so why don't you start? I know I read your blog article, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts, by the way, on the blog article, because like, I'm totally open to any criticism. Like, I'm looking to improve. Yeah. So, in the state of Florida, there is only one license. We don't have a tiered system. We don't have any sort of, like, master uh, esthetician. Like, it is, there's one license. You go to school, you get your hours. Like, it doesn't matter what the program says to you, you're like license will be like they will try to say like oh you're a paramedical esthetician like it you are getting the exact same license that the normal esthetician who paid less than you got you might get more training but your license by the state is going to be the exact same so you know I say take that information and run with it like if you want the training from the school by all means get it but you mm-hmm. can sometimes get better or equivalent training for um, a cheaper price or just a better teacher. Like you can give yourself more options if you choose to just go the cheaper route, get your normal license, and then pursue out education outside of um, outside of your school. Yeah, um, I know we've talked about this before with schools. Uh, some of them can have pretty negative reputations. So it might be better to just get your hours and get out and find someone you really like to train you. Um, because your license is going to cover everything that's within your scope of practice. It does not matter that you got a lashing certificate. You can mm-hmm. still do lashing. It doesn't matter that you got your waxing or your chemical peel certificate from school. They don't mean crap to the state. They are uh, ways to upsell you at the school you just need your license so I will say I'm going to interrupt you right there Oregon is a tiny bit different where certain things do need additional certificates because if they come in and they say did you get your six hours of training on 
who's calling me decline. Did you get your, did you get your six hours of training on dermaplane, right? Oregon requires six hours of training. If you didn't get it in school, you have to make sure you do have that like certificate to show them. Same thing with like any additional thing outside of school, which is still kind of like, it's this great area of like whether or not your school offers it. If they do great, you're covered. If they don't, you do need to go and get training and show that you were trained by another esthetician professional. But most schools now are starting to include it, right? So that you don't have to do that. Um, But for estheticians like me, if I wanted to do lashes or brow lamination, my understanding is I would have to go and get that additional training because when I went to school, it wasn't a part of the curriculum. Again, who's checking? Who's going to go look at my curriculum from 2014 versus now? Nobody. It it still is a, a lot of it is unnecessary. I offer dermaplaning courses because that is necessary. And then certain chemical peels, they, it's better to be on the safe side and get a certificate from the company that you like took one of their courses on the peels right. just in case you're asked because of that gray area. But that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. Continue. I'll can. So I'm, I'm curious though, like, so the the training that you receive, like let's say you need four hours or six hours or whatever to perform um, dermaplaning, mm-hmm. do you have to get it from a certified like uh, like aesthetics um, like instructor, or can it just literally be anyone who's offering a course and gives you a piece of paper? So I know in some states you have to be like uh, registered with the state as like a trainer. In Oregon, the rule specifically for dermaplaning, because that's the one I do, and so I looked into it, is you just need to be trained by either another esthetician who received that training, is certified in it, got it from the school. It can be a certified trainer or it can be from a school. So those are your three options. So I, as as an esthetician who learned dermaplaning, I took a course from, um, it's on my wall. I think it was either Dermaplane Pro. Oh no, it was from Spectrum Advanced. I see it right there. So I am certified in it because when I went to school, it didn't exist. And then now I can train others in it. Does that make sense? Okay. I guess that's some sort of guideline, but it still seems kind of like, like I. It's a gray area. It's, it's super gray because like, sure you're a licensed esthetician but who's to say you're actually like good at teaching you yeah. know not you specifically but like the no, person yeah. you're receiving training from so to me I'm like with Oregon it seems like you guys have like a lot of weirdness going on there's so much weirdness and like there's not really a rule when it comes to like lashes and brows if you I, I, I don't know I keep going back and forth on the rules on that one it seems like you maybe need additional training but then sometimes you get it in school. So I don't really know, but I know for sure dermaplaning has a rule. There's a statute. I have it written down um, in my training manual I give out. And so that is why I train on that one because it's a very strict rule. And yeah, there's kind of no gray area with that one, I guess. (laughs) I was thinking when my, when I was in aesthetic school, I thought maybe I wanted to do lashing so I told my, um, my teacher at the school, I was like, oh, I kind of want to do lashing. She was like, oh, I can teach you that. And then you can do lashing. And wow. like, I had no concept of like, whether or not like 
I didn't know that I didn't need to pay for this course with her. I thought because she's my teacher at the school, then like it's all sound and good. So mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, it's going to be like $100 or whatever. I forgot how much she charged me. But then she had me meet her at her own studio. Like I didn't meet her at the school. So she just like <laughs> I met her at her studio and she just like barely taught me anything right. and just took my money. And it like didn't even occur to me until like later. <laughs> like it's clearly like there's nothing professional about that. She just like, right. like privately taught me on the side, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, I know what some companies are doing, like Elibana and um, what's the other one? I think DMK, like they make you take trainings in order to get their products and in order to say you are, you know, using their product or certified by them or trained by them. Like you have to, take their trainings, which is honestly so smart. Yeah. A lot of estheticians get really worried. I'm like a lot of these brands provide trainings. You really don't need to be that worried. Yeah. I will say I like Dermalogica because they provide free trainings on all their appeals and it's consistent. It's like every month they have a training and it's fairly local, at least for me. Um, but they do it in Beaverton where I'm at. And then I think they hold other ones in like bend, which is like central Oregon. And you can drive across Oregon in about five or six hours. So it's at least within a two-ish hour drive for everybody. Um, And so I really love that. And so I always suggest that brand starting out. DMK has this weird hierarchy of like, pay a couple thousand for this, pay a couple thousand for this, pay a couple thousand for this. And like, and and then you get like different levels of products. So of course you want to be all the way up here, but it's like 5,000 plus dollars. And I'm like, no. No, I don't like that at all. Yeah. yeah. What product line do you carry? I carry Dermalogica. <laughs> I carry some items from Murad, 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 whatever. Um, I carry Bright, obviously. I carry Fur for retail. Well, no, I use it back for um, Fur and the Clean Skin Club. I'm like looking around. What else do I have in here? Yeah. Nice, nice. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I pick my favorites from each one because you're not going to love everything from every brand. For sure. Except Bright. There hasn't been a product from Bright yet that I don't love. (laughs) But they're pretty niche too. They're not trying to like dip their feet in everything. They are. And they don't have, you know, 50 products. So they have about, I don't know, what do I have on my shelf? I probably have like five on my shelf. So maybe 10 or less products. And like you said, they're very niche. So I definitely think that like... um, is not to the benefit of companies when they try to do like everything. Cause you, you can't do everything. Like, right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Stick with a good serum, stick with a good lightener, stick with a good whatever. And then, but like, like, so bright, I think has it, has it down pretty well. And this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll go back to medical aesthetics. Cause I'm like, we're trailing. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. You're but, fine. You know, they do skin lightning, right? And so all their products kind of surround skin lightening. So their sunscreen obviously is to protect you because um, UV UV rays can cause uh, melasma and different hyperpigmentation. So the sunscreen makes sense. And then they have the green hype light with the treatment gel that green treats hyperpigmentation. And then they have um, 
the duo kit treats hyperpigmentation. So all their things are related to skin lightening. The only thing that's not is their um, oncology line, but that has its own story because um, Luba was fighting cancer and created this line to help with um, skin issues that you get when you're going through chemo, which then scar and can cause hyperpigmentation. So it all comes back to. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cool. Wow. Yeah. I kind of want to ask you about like oncology aesthetics, but I feel like we should get back on topic. (laughs) I know because I have a client in like shit in like 15 minutes. So we'll have to like finish this one and then we can talk about that. I will have you back on because I feel like we have a good flow. (laughs) Okay. So medical aesthetics. Um, I have never found a state that their legal licensure is you are a medical esthetician. I have, as far as I'm aware, and I have never heard of, it is, you are an esthetician. There might be a master esthetician, or you said there's a tiered system. Are they called master estheticians in Oregon? In Washington, I believe they have a master esthetician, or there's some tier in Oregon. There is just... (laughs) Fucking crazy. In Oregon, there is just esthetician as a license, and then you may get certified as an advanced esthetician, but that is a certificate. That is not an additional license. You are okay. still just a licensed esthetician. Right. So your scope of practice has not changed. Like, so I guess it's like I'm not necessarily against the term. Like, if that's how you want to present yourself, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't personally have any moral qualms with people calling themselves a medical esthetician. Like, sure, you work in a med spa, you work with a dermatologist. You want to call yourself a medical esthetician, even though there's nothing medical about your license. Okay, okay, it's just a term, right? Right. I could understand, however, if some people do not like that because it can be a bit deceptive. Mm -hmm. But on the same hand, like, but at the same time, you could also make the argument that, like, if they are working for a med spot, generally their scope of practice has – it hasn't necessarily expanded by definition, mm-hmm. but they're, they're in a gray area where they're allowed to do services they, they couldn't otherwise do solo because they're now underneath the medical director. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I kind of how I saw it in Oregon too, right? I call myself a holistic esthetician. Obviously that's not what my license says. Holistic is a medical term, but is not considered, uh, like it's not listed under the medical term terminology that, um, is unethical to use. Right. So I was speaking to this woman who used to sit on the board here for cosmetology and aesthetics and all that. And we had a really interesting conversation because she said under the health licensing board, you are not allowed to use the term medical. And because the boards are all separate, right? You have your dermatology board, you have your health licensing board, you have your certified advanced board, and then and you have your board of cosmetology, which looks over aesthetics. None of them talk. And so the health licensing board has a rule that she sent me. I wonder if I can share my screen. Share photo. Please just one photo. Please don't share everything. So you can one? edit it out. <laughs> right. Okay. Can you see that? Um, okay. Yes, I can. Okay. So I found it 
And it says, using the term medical esthetician, rule 331-020-0075, unprofessional, I think that was supposed to say conduct, under ORS 676-612, paragraph 11, says it's a violation to imply a medical affiliation, medical skill, or training that is false, misleading, or deceptive, including but not limited to, and then it was paragraph A, using medical, medical grade, or medi when referring to non-medical services or services that are outside the authorization holder's scope of practice, and then paragraph B, attaching medical to an authorization holder title. Okay. So I undo this. Mm. Okay. And that's just your state. That's just my state. And I was like, well, wow, that's pretty clear that you can't use medical. You cannot say medical esthetician because that is not your license. And Mm. you, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, turn anybody in. I don't really care, but I just found that there's a rule that clearly states, no, you cannot do that. And the program at Spectrum Advanced, I believe it is, I think it's Spectrum, um, who also the owner or the, uh, I don't know, one of the main persons at the school sits on the board for certified advanced, their program says preparing you to be a like medical esthetician. Mm. And they're not allowed to say that. It might not be spectrum. So I, so I should say that before I get sued. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's one of the schools around here. I can't remember which one. So like, do you think that like, on one hand, I'm like, oh, yes, like, follow rules, like, be a rule follower, like, mm-hmm. clearly, I'm not for, like, being illegal. But on the other hand, I'm like, no one's enforcing it. So right. how, how good is a rule that nobody is enforcing? Because I have yet to see a single esthetician get in trouble for using medical mm-hmm. esthetician. And there's so many, like, like, damn, the government wants to make more money. They could just start finding people for things that are already illegal. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think my frustration comes from the schools and them not following the rules and being on top of the rules and calling their programs medical aesthetics or preparing you for medical aesthetics or any term with medical or Mm -hmm. medi um is a form of advertisement and they're charging more like you said they're charging more for these additional titles that don't exist and they're mm-hmm. illegal for that esthetician to go out and use. Now the esthetician doesn't know that, right? They think, well, I went to a school for medical aesthetics. I'm a medical esthetician. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Pull out your license. I'll pull mine out. And guess what, honey? We are the same thing, but I paid, I mean, granted 10 years ago, but I paid half as much as you did. And right. that's what's shitty is the, again, I feel like estheticians get preyed on at every point in our career from education up into who we're going to work for. And that pisses me off. <laughs> I'm right there with you. And I'm, I guess the fixer in me is trying to find a path forward, but damn, like we got a mountain, a mountain to deal with. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I feel like we could talk a lot more about like, I know to tackle it. Um, I know you're, you've got to go, but it's like, <laughs> there's so much so much to unpack we can do a part two like totally okay. let's do a part two because I feel like now that we're kind of in our flow we can take some notes of what we want to talk about and come back for part two people do that all the time with podcasts it's my podcast I can do what I want <laughs> exactly exactly okay
cool. I love this. Um, yeah. I love this podcast. This was fun. I was like a little nervous in the beginning, but I feel like. Okay. It's just a conversation. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, Perfect. And just message me if there's anything in particular and I'll make sure I like take notes or whatever so I can be more on topic and less chit chat. <laughs> no, I, I had, first of all, a big coffee and I, this is how all my podcasts go. I'm like, okay, stay on topic, stay on topic. And then I go down a rabbit hole. So it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about medical aesthetics on the neck on part two. I'm going to kind of look at the rules maybe in other states and see what I can find. But I think you're right. I don't think it exists anywhere else. Um, I'm going to run a search in the money-making esthetician group because I know there was an argument one day where people were like, she's like, I'm a medical esthetician. And they're like, no, you're not. (laughs) I have to find that one. (laughs) I think I got into a fight with someone on – it wasn't a fight, but it was like on TikTok where she was like, I want to be – a medical esthetician and I was like well it's it's the same same license she goes no 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 yeah. no the school said it was this and I was like fine you don't have to believe me but right but when you research. go take your test <laughs> and your license gets printed out I want you to take a picture and post it and then let's see what it says <laughs> exactly exactly and I would love to talk to you more about what your vision for the future would be to like improve our the industry overall like what yeah. do you feel like would be the best path forward because we talked about this privately on a phone call about how like mm-hmm. um whether or not like unions would make sense or some sort of like like lobbying I, I don't know like I go over in my head like what makes the most sense and I mm-hmm. can't seem to pin down anything that like yeah would because oh, it's like a, such a mountain that's like it's how such you- a mountain and every state is different it's not like federal rules regulate us it's state rules so it's it, it is a mountain and I think the idea that we had or that you had of like having a rep for each state all the reps you know meet and we have a bigger conversation and then we go back to our individual states and tackle our mini mountains you know Right, right. And I know that there is a push, there's an organization pushing for standardized, like hours and standardized, like teaching mm-hmm. across all states. Some people have opted in personally, but it's by no means like mandated by the state. And I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on like having some sort of like just blanket, like these are the number of hours, this is what you learn. Like, yeah, no, no reason cool. to make it state by state. <laughs> Yeah. Let me look into that and we'll, I'll make a note and we'll talk about that in part two. Okay. Perfect. So unfortunately I ran out of time. I have a client coming in. So we had to cut this podcast, at least the recording time down to an hour. Um, but we are going to do a part two because I feel like there's a lot more to talk about here. Acacia and I have a lot more to talk about when it comes to so many other things for estheticians. Um, like how we get categorized as employees in 1099 and just fair labor practices, um, but also what we call ourselves like holistic and medical and what is allowed and what isn't and what's in our scope and what isn't. Um, I feel like her and I could talk forever. So stay tuned for part two. Her and I are going to plan that in the near future. Um, And also, of course, this isn't legal advice. You know, every state is 
different. So look into your own local laws, your state laws about using the term medical. I only read a snippet from Oregon and as many of us know, each board regulates um, its own field. So just because the health licensing board says you can't do it, I don't know if that means we can't do it because the board of cosmetology and the health licensing board and the board of certified advanced aesthetics all um, oversee their own licensees. So again, not legal advice. Um, Take this episode with a grain of salt, but learn from it, do your own research and leave me some comments. If you find out something or you know something or, um, you have more information that kind of helps clarify whether or not we can use the term medical here or in any state in general.